to our series on today, Flossom. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm Flossom. Look at them, point your finger at them and say, you're Flossom. Amen. Second Samuel, the ninth chapter. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Amen. The whole chapter. Amen. Second Samuel, the ninth chapter. You ain't read your Bible this week, so here go your Bible study right now. Praise the Lord. Second Samuel, the ninth chapter, beginning at verse number one. David asks, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son. There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. So the king, so King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to, to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do so Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table by the way he was lame in both feet. I want to preach as the spirit should guide from this subject, the mess in the mirror. The mess in the mirror. There are a number of appropriate words that are often used to describe the fruit of God's work in the life of the believer. Words like justification and sanctification, redemption and regeneration. Now that sounds real big, but, but I believe there is one simple word that adequately sums up and describes the fruit of God's work in the life of the believer. And this simple word that adequately sums up and describes the fruit of God's work in your life, in my life, is summed up in one word, and that word is better. Because whenever there is divine involvement there will ultimately be automatic improvement. Okay. <laughs> when God gets involved, God makes it better. 
me say that one more time. When God gets involved, God makes it better. I'm here to let you know it may not initially look better. It may not feel better. At first, it might not seem better. But God never works, watch this, incompletely. However, God does work incrementally. Okay, you ain't got it yet. So some of y'all too early. Let me, let me try to break this up so you just see this again. God never works incompletely. In other words, he finishes what he started. But God does work incrementally. In other words, he didn't say the leaps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It didn't say the run and the sprint of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means step by step that God takes you from glory to glory. And just because the steps might not seem like they're bigger than somebody else, uh, I'm here to let you know if it's not better, it just means God ain't finished. Okay. Because when he gets finished, it always gets better. Uh, is there anybody in here that can say when he gets a hold of a heart, the heart gets better. When he gets a hold of a mind, the mind gets better. When he gets a hold of emotions, emotions get better when he gets a hold of a relationship relationships get better because where there is divine involvement there will automatically be improvement I'm here to let somebody know if it ain't looking better it means God ain't done yet and I want somebody to realize that whatever your life may look like right now if it ain't what he said I'm just here to let you know he ain't done yet and there's somebody in here that need give God praise on credit because you're looking at your life and saying it ain't looking like it's supposed to be but I just came to remind you that you serve a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. So if it ain't better already, it means he ain't done yet. Give your neighbor a high five and say, he's still working for me. Uh -huh. He's working on my behalf. He's putting some things together. He's working some things behind the scene. I'm ahead of myself, but I feel this thing already because as some of you need to realize that my life might not look perfect yet, but I'm here to let you know if it ain't there yet, it just means he's still working. Uh, that's why you ain't give up that's why you can't fall apart that's why you can't run away that's why you can't quit because God is not done with you yet is there anybody at 9 a.m. that's made up in your mind I ain't got time to quit because I don't see what God said yet and because I don't see what God said yet I got to keep in there and hang on in the race because I serve a God that ain't done yet see it is God's intention to improve He's obsessed with improving. In fact, let me tell you, let me put it like this. God never shows you what is wrong and then leave you without assistance. Okay, all right, all right. He doesn't show you what's wrong to condemn you. He shows you what's wrong because God has every intention to aid and assist in making it right. God, help me. He shows you what's wrong so he can show you what he's getting ready to fix. That was your word right there. That God is saying, I had to pull back the cover for you to see the mess because you want because I'm letting you know that what the mess you looking at, God say, I'm getting ready to clean it up. Ah, uh, and I know that it looks like it's gone around it's going crazy in your life but God said I had to reveal it to you not for you to feel bad not for you to go through a depression not for you to fall apart but I showed it to you to show you what I'm getting ready to make right and is there anybody in here that say my life looks a mess but I just got a word from God that he showed me the mess because he's getting ready to clean up the mess in my life is there anybody here y'all still asleep is there anybody in here that say God had to show it to me because that's the area he 
about to clean up in my life. So, saints, when you see things that are broken, you got two choices. You can have a pity party or you can have a praise party. Because you serve a God that, that will not leave what is broken broke. Oh, God, you serve a God that makes the weak strong. Come on. You know his resume. You serve a God that makes the broken whole. You serve the God that will make the sick well. You serve a God that is obsessed with improving your life. You still ain't got it yet. Think back where you came from and how messed up you used to be and how broken you used to be. And don't you serve a God that came along and put the pieces back together again? Oh, how dare you sit there and give up on God. God said, I ain't finished with you yet. I'm still working some things out but I have to make sure that even though it don't look like it's coming together I came to announce to somebody just hang on a little while longer because God is about to take the broken pieces of your life and put them back together all over again I ain't got no faith people this morning that believe that my life is looking toe up from the flow up but I serve a God that can clean it up I serve a God that can put it back together again the difficulty becomes that even though improvement is God's intention, it's not always our experience. Sometimes life can appear antagonistic and contradictory from what God has spoken over your life. <laughs> and when our lives don't line up with what he said, we start to live in the zone of defeat and disappointment. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Some of y'all answer. Look at them and say, well, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Uh, because I've come to encourage someone, don't allow the level of your disappointment to dictate your level of faith. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to preach to somebody over here. Defeat does not have to determine my destiny and disappointment does not have to define my doctrine. God, y'all, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Ah, oh, because defeat does not have to determine my destiny and disappointment doesn't have to define my doctrine. All things are still working together for my good. Ah, oh, because I believe that God is still working on my life to improve my life. And even though weeping may endure for a night, I serve a God that I know that joy is coming in the morning. I need to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody that can give God some advanced praise before morning happens that even though I might be weeping right now, I can praise him now because I know there's something better coming later. Is there anybody in here that can just lift up about five seconds of praise in advance before God makes it better? Uh, the text says that King David is looking for someone to show kindness to from the house of Saul and for Jonathan's sake. He asked his servant, Ziba. Uh, Ziba speaks up and says, uh, yeah, there's somebody out there. Uh, it's the son of Jonathan. He's in Lodabar. And before, watch this, he gives him his name he tells him his dysfunction. God help me. <sighs> because sometimes people have a bad habit of defining you based upon your failures and not based upon your faith. God help me. <sighs> 
He says there's a his son out there in Lodabar, and he's lame in both feet. Here's a man who comes from a royal lineage who is lame in both feet, living in Lodabar. Here's somebody in freedom that got a royal lineage. You are a chosen generation of royal priesthood. And you're living in Lodabar. Ooh, Pastor, where over in, in, in middle, middle America, in the middle of the world, is Lodabar? Oh, you don't know? What's your address? Because your address might be Lodabar. God help me. God help me. Here's this lame man that when he looks in the mirror, he sees a mess. It's a mess. Because sometimes if you look at yourself too long, you'll start to see a mess in the mirror. I know you got up this morning. You put on these fine clothes. You're looking good. Then, then, then cleaned yourself up. Took, took a nice shower, and you got the smell goods on, and, and got your, you lotion all up. Ain't nothing ashy on you right now. You just, you know, oh, you're looking good and got it all together. And when you looked in the mirror, your flesh told you, "Don't I look good?" But your spirit said, "You don't see that mess." Because there's a mess in the mirror. <sighs> I want to teach this just for a minute. Can I, can I, just, can I just teach this just for a minute? I, I want to teach this just for a minute. All right. Um, what I, I, I prayed about this and I said, God, what, what, is, what is the mess that's in the mirror? What are the things in the mirror that, that Mephibosheth sees? When he looks in the mirror, this lame man, what does he see? The first thing that he sees when he looks in the mirror is flaws. Let the church say flaws. flaws. Mephibosheth has a flaw, y'all. The Bible says that he is what? Lame in both feet. Now the question became, how did he become lame? If you back up to chapter 4, you will discover that Mephibosheth is actually starts in chapter 4. You'll discover that he became lame in his feet from an accident. Bible says in chapter 4 that when he was five years old, they got news that his father Jonathan and his grandfather King Saul had died in battle. And the Bible says that Mephibosheth's nurse picked him up to run away because she feared that the new king would try to kill every heir from the former dynasty. But the Bible says, as she was running, she fell and crippled the child. Now we fast forward to chapter 9, and what we read in chapter 9 is a grown man that is lame in both feet. Here is a grown man, watch this, having to deal with the flaw from the past that's still affecting his present and his future. And my question becomes, ladies and gentlemen, when you look in the mirror, what flaws do you see from your past that's still affecting you to this day and hindering your future? Because watch this. When you have flaws, the result is to try to hide 
in Lodabar. <laughs> Here we go. That's why you won't let, in, let anybody get close to you. Because you're trying to hide in Lodabar. That's why you're in church, but you ain't going to get involved. Because you're trying to hide in Lodabar. In fact, you know what's so crazy? You only let the people in Lodabar actually see your flaws. Because birds of a feather flock together. And God is saying, I know you have flaws, but you can't heal what you conceal. God knows everything about you. And God is saying, I know the ugly parts. I know the broken parts. I know the dysfunctional parts. I know the lame parts in your life. But you serve a God that still believes in you even when you see the flaws that's in the mirror. Ah, he has still has a future for you and a hope for you. So you got to come out of hiding so that God can heal the places where it hurts. Can I tell you something? That's why I don't come to church to put on a little face as if I got it all together. I come to church saying, God, here I am. I got pain. I got hurt. I got betrayal. I got I got a heaviness that I'm dealing with that I need you to work on me. So you got to come out of hiding. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them, come out of hiding. You ain't got to live in a load of bar. You got to come out of hiding so God can heal where it hurts. Can I go deeper just for a minute with these flaws? Because here's what I discovered. When we talk about flaws, most times it's self-imposed flaws. But I came to talk to some Mephibosheths in here today. Because what do you do when the flaws you're struggling with was given to you by someone else? Here we go. What do you do when your warfare came as a result of someone else's weaknesses? Uh, I know you ain't going to tell the truth. This way we're going to get real quiet. Come on, let's tell. Because some of you that can say, I picked up this distrust from a bad relationship I went through. Uh-huh. I battled with a negative mindset because I grew up in a family with a negative mindset. I'm struggling in my flesh because of the sexual abuse from my past. Come on, we got to tell the truth this morning. I'm lame because somebody dropped me along the way. And now my flaws is all that I can see. I'm lame in both feet and I can't do anything. But I'm here to let you know don't allow your flaws to define your future ah because we have this treasure in earthen vessel yes I'm an earthen vessel but there's some specialness on the inside of me and even though I got flaws I got a God that even though I'm flawed he still favored me is there anybody in here that can say I'm flawed but favored look at my life I got issues all over the place but in spite of all my issues there's still a flavor a favor that rests on my life that I can't even explain is there somebody in here that could give God praise that when you look back over your life all your flaws should have disqualified you but the favor of God got you to where you are today I need to know is there anybody in here that say I'm here because I'm favored by God I drive what I drive because I'm favored by God I work where I work because I'm favored by God I can wear what I want to wear because I'm favored by God and is there anybody in here that can give God praise because of his favor being on your life I'm favored I'm flawed but 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 I'm favored. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost just told me some of you can't shout right now because only haters have a problem with favored, flawed people. 
God help me. Ah, see, you can't give God praise and give God glory because you so stuck on looking at somebody else trying to figure out well, how they got that car and how they got that job and how they got married and look at them. But when you stop being a hater and realize that God blessed you with stuff you didn't deserve and God favored you in a way that you couldn't even earn it, that's when you take your eyes off other people and put them back on God and tell God, thank you for favoring me the way that you did. Thank you for blessing me the way that you did. I ain't got no degree and still living better than people that got a PhD. I ain't got all the money in the world, but I can still lay my head down at night and sleep all night. Is there anybody in here that can give God just a little bit of praise because you're favored? Touch three people say, I'm flawed, but I'm favored. I'm flawed, but I'm favored. I'm flawed, but I'm favored. I'm trying to move on. I'm flawed, but I'm favored. I'm flawed, but I'm favored. How you pastoring that church? Honey, I'm flawed, but I'm favored. Do you know what he did back in the day? I'm flawed, but I'm favored. Do you know how he responded before? I'm flawed, but I'm favored. Do you know how he messed up his credit? I'm flawed, but I'm favored. Do you know how he still got all that health? I'm flawed, but I'm favored. Is there anybody in here that can give God glory? Because when you look at your life, you can declare, I'm flawed, but I'm favored. So I got flaws, but after I look at the mess in the mirror, after I look at my flaws, here's the next thing I got. I got faults. Okay. I got faults. I got faults. Watch this. This messed me up. The Bible says that Mephibosheth is the son of Jonathan, which means, watch this, Jonathan is the son of Saul. If David is king now, the, the king before him was Saul. Okay, watch this. Which means that Mephibosheth's father was the firstborn son of the king. Now, if the king died and his son died, it means that Mephibosheth had a right to the throne and was in succession to become the king. But in his mind, and in your mind, watch this. In his mind, he said he could never be king and be lame. You missed it. Let me back that up again. In your mind, and in my mind, and in Mephibosheth's mind, he said, how can I be king and be lame? You still ain't with me. Let me bring this to you. In your mind, you say, you could never be single and be happy. <laughs> In your mind, you say you could never be on that job and advance there. In your mind, you say you could never be without a degree and be successful. In other words, let me put it like this. He had the potential, but he didn't have the power. That messed me up right there. This is what some of us are struggling with in our lives. You got the potential, but you don't have the power. That's why we want to give up on our faith. Because when you look in the mirror, you see potential, but you don't see power. That's why we battle with depression. Because you see potential, but you don't see power. 
That's how faults get you. Faults is an unattractive or unsatisfactory feature that leads you to a feeling, watch this, here we go, of unworthiness. You don't feel worthy now. Faults now make you feel unworthy. So you have the potential to be better, but you don't seem to have the power to be better. This is a little too deep for some of y'all, but I need to talk to the honest people in here that can say, sometimes I got big dreams. It don't seem like I got the power to do well. Got big vision, but I don't have the right connection. Got big goals, but I don't have the right education. I, I could dream of wonderful stuff for my life, but I realize I don't have the influence, the credit score, or the support for it. Because I got the potential, but I don't have the power. When I would do good, seem like evil is always present. God, I wish I was talking to a real church. I have the potential, but don't seem like I have the power. And because of this feeling, now I don't feel like I'm worthy. Because faults change how you see yourself. It becomes, watch this, a self-created wall that leaves you feeling weak and unworthy. <sighs> Some of you think you done messed up too bad that you can't come back from the brink of a mess up. But I need somebody around you to testify to them and let them know, if you knew where the Lord brought me from, if you knew how many mistakes I made and the Lord still blessed my life, if you knew the rap sheet that I got of all the stuff that I messed up and all the ways that I missed the mark, but I still serve a God that blessed me in ways I can't even understand, I can't even explain, you would be scratching your head trying to figure out how somebody like me could be favored like that. Uh, I need somebody in here to just testify and say, if you knew like I knew what the Lord has done for me, if you knew how far he brought me from if you knew the doors he had to open for me ah uh, I wasn't worthy of it but he did it for me anyway ah uh, so I ain't got time to create a wall that leaves me feeling unworthy what do you do when you look in the mirror and see potential that you can't produce wanting more but can't seem to get yourself together come on my favorite shell you're lame in both feet. You're wanting to go further, but you don't know how. It's all wrapped up, ladies and gentlemen, in one word. Are you ready for this? It's all wrapped up in one word. How, how, how do you get beyond that feeling of unworthiness? How do you get beyond that you got potential, but you ain't got no power? How do you get beyond it? It's all wrapped up in one word. You ready for it? Here we go. Here's the word, acceptance. <laughs> God is waiting on you to realize that his acceptance of you overrules your unworthiness. God help me. And even though I have faults, God accepts me just like I am. See, that's what gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. That when you can look in the mirror and see your flaws and see your faults and know that your God still loves you with an everlasting love. Honey, that'll change your praise. Uh, ain't nobody got to push me to give God glory then. Ain't 
Everybody got to ask me to clap my hands when I think of the goodness of Jesus and how he loved me and how he looked out for me and how he accepted me just like I am. While you wouldn't accept me, God still accepted me. While you didn't like me, God still liked me. When they didn't love me, he still loved me. He accepted me just as I am. So I give God glory because I got a little swagger in my step and I give God glory because I can lift my head up because while nobody else will accept me, I serve a God that accepts me just as I am. Come here, old preacher, just as I am without one plea, but by that blood was shed for me and thou biddest come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm grateful, I serve a God that accepts me just like I am. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor how you like me now. He loves me. All this jacked up, messed up. He loves me. All the mistakes I made. He loves me. All the flaws I got. He loves me. All the times I told him I wouldn't do it no more. He still loves me. I give God glory because he looked beyond my fault and saw about my knees. So I give him glory because he loves me with my fault. y'all walk around here all in a depression about your faults God says I pay for them faults God says I paid for them faults when you messed up I paid for that when you missed the mark I paid for that because he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement of peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed is there anybody in here that can give God just a little bit of praise that you serve a God that loves you flaws and all that loves you with all your faults that loves you with all your failures accepts you just like you are. Stop listening to these, church, these stuck up church people that want you to clean it up before you come to God. Stop talking to these judgmental, self-righteous, pious church people that got the nerve to stick their nose up at somebody else's faults. If you understood what Jesus had to nail to the cross when he looked at me, when he put my anger up on that cross, when he put my worry up on that cross when he put my lust up on that cross come on when he put my, my, my lion up on that cross when he put my cheating up on that cross I got to give God glory because he nailed a whole lot of my stuff on that cross and that's why I give him glory because in spite of my faults he still accepts me the way that I am I got to move so the first mirror is the mirror of flaws the second mirror is the mirror of faults. But here's the third mirror. It's the mirror of failures. Of failures. The Bible says, this messed me up. <laughs> it says, watch this, that Mephibosheth is in the house of Makia. Okay. Now, if you read right over that, you'll miss the significance of that one little line. Which means... Mephibosheth didn't have his own house. It meant that Mephibosheth was living in somebody else's house. He had to live 
in the house of another man. What it speaks of, watch this, it speaks of his low station in life because, watch this, he had to be taken care of by somebody else. It means he could not support himself. Could imagine that when Mephibosheth looked in the mirror, he saw nothing but failure. He saw himself not being able to reach his goal. He saw himself not being able to hit the target. He saw himself not being able to pick himself up. He's a failure. You would be surprised how many church people see themselves as a failure. I need to talk to somebody today. Because if somebody in the sound of my voice feel like you failed as a parent. Feel like you failed as a husband. Feel like you failed as a wife feel like you failed as a good Christian. Feel like you failed in some area of your life. And I say, God, I could imagine Mephibosheth feeling like a failure. Here's a grown man having to be taken care of by another grown man. In the lineage of a king, is subjected to being taken care of by somebody else. And I say, God, how do you get over failure? He said, watch this. The only way that you can get over feeling of failure is that you have to redefine what failure is. Okay, okay, I'm coming for you. Here we go. Failure is not failing to reach your goal. Failure is not having a goal at all. Okay, some of y'all going to get this in a minute. Failure is not failing to hit your target. Failure is not having a target. Failure is not falling down. Failure is refusing to get back up. God help me. And the fact that you kept getting back up after you got pushed down shows you that you're not a failure. The fact that you still squared your shoulders and tried to fight again shows you you're not a failure. Fail, you're never a failure until you quit. When you quit that's when you become a failure. But the fact you in church at 9 o'clock in the morning shows you you ain't a failure because when you got up this morning you said this is the day the Lord has made I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Is there anybody in here that say I might have failed sometimes but I'm not a failure because I'm going to redefine what failure is God is saying you might have failed but don't you quit don't you give up watch this in fact in a few weeks I'm going to preach a message called I hope you fail speaking that over my life. Come here, boo. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I hope you fail. Because the more you fail, watch this, God said, the closer you get to success. God, I wish I had somebody in here. There's somebody that can testify. I failed in my finances over and over and over again. But look at me now. God told me how to put my finances together. He told me how to save some money. There's some of you that said, I failed in my past over and over again. But every time I failed, I got back up again, squared my shoulders, put one foot in front of the other, and kept it moving. I might have failed at a job, but that ain't the end of my life. I'm just going to apply somewhere else. Is there anybody? 
anybody in here that say I might have failed but I refuse to give up and I refuse to quit why do not become weary in well doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not I need you to shake the hand of your neighbor shake it real good and tell him don't you quit don't you give up don't you throw in a towel don't you wave the white flag square your shoulders get yourself back up dust yourself off a little bit and keep it moving because you are not a failure God is saying don't you quit y'all making me work too hard I need you to testify to everybody down your road and tell them ain't no quitters on this road. Ain't no quitters. Ain't no, ain't no quitters. We ain't quitting. We ain't giving up. We ain't throwing a towel. We ain't backing up. We ain't running from God. We ain't quitting church. We gonna stay faithful. We gonna remain in that marriage. We gonna remain in that relationship. We gonna keep moving forward. We ain't quitting. We ain't throwing a towel. I ain't giving up on my children. I ain't giving up on my family. I ain't giving up on my faith. I ain't giving up on my emotions. I'm not giving up. I'm gonna keep moving. Because I know that he who has begun a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I need the people that are not quitters to open up your mouth and give God just a little bit of praise that I refuse to give up. Devil want me to give up, but I ain't giving up. Devil want me to throw in a towel, but I ain't giving up. I'm going to stand flat-footed and believe that God is going to do just what he said he's going to do. Are there any people in this house that made up in your mind, come hell or high water, I ain't giving up. If times get rough, I ain't giving up. If times get hard, I ain't throwing in a towel. I'm going to stand right here and believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So, it came... To me, Mephibosheth, maybe God wants to do something beyond your abilities. Mephibosheth, you in here, maybe God is not intimidated by your failures and your limitations. Have you ever considered Mephibosheth? That maybe your God can do more than what your handicap says. Have you ever thought about Mephibosheth? You here. I'm talking to you. Could it be that God's grace is sufficient? <laughs> Could it be, Mephibosheth, that maybe God's strength is made perfect in your weakness? <laughs> oh, God, help me, help me, help me. <sighs> Maybe if you started seeing yourself in a different mirror, you would understand that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. God, I feel like I'm going to just go and explode. Maybe if you saw yourself in a different light and saw yourself through the eyes of God, that you'll stop looking at your flaws and you'll stop looking at your faults and you'll stop looking at your failures and you'll start seeing that God ain't done with your life yet. Maybe if you took your eyes off of all the mistakes and all the mishaps and all the sin and you put your eyes that God is getting ready to turn your life upside down and put you in the place that 
that he wants you to be. Maybe if you started seeing yourself in a different light, you'll discover that his grace is sufficient and that, is, that your strength is made perfect in your weakness. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm glad I came to church today because I was almost about to give up, but I'm getting ready to flip the script and see myself through different eyes. I need you to high five your neighbor and say, go ahead with your flossom self. You just flossom as can be. You flawed, but you're still awesome. You got issues, but God ain't done with you yet. And I'm here to let you know that God needs you to change how you see yourself. So, how does God want you to see yourself? Watch this. God needs you to see that number one, you're called. Everybody say called. You're called. Okay. Call to preach? No. Call to lead worship? No. Call to be a minister? Maybe not. Verse 3 says, David asked, is there anyone from the house of Saul that I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Watch this. He didn't say, is there anyone who is qualified? He said, is there anyone who needs kindness? And this word kindness means someone that I may treat with compassion, benevolence, and soft-heartedness, resembling that of Almighty God. That's what being called by God looks like. Being called by God don't mean you stand up here with a microphone in your hand. Being called by God don't mean you're on the street corner preaching to somebody. That's not being called by God. Being called by God looks like he does something for us that doesn't compare with what we deserve. I'm lame, but he still shows me kindness. I'm lame, but he still shows me kindness. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. I need you to get this. I'm lame. I got issues. I got faults. I got failures. I got, I got flaws. But he still showed me kindness. I don't deserve the car that I drive, but he showed me kindness. I don't deserve the house I live in, but he showed me kindness. I don't deserve to pastor this church, but he showed me kindness. And because he showed me kindness, he didn't do it because I was qualified. In fact, he don't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Come on. And God is saying, don't you hear me calling you? Ah, uh, hush. Hush, somebody's calling my name. You've been in darkness, but I'm calling you out of darkness and I'm bringing you into the marvelous light. I'm calling you. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm glad I'm called by God? Uh, he's calling me up out of depression and he's calling me up out of worry and he's calling me up out of fear and he's calling me up out of anxiety. Uh, I'm here to let somebody know he's calling you. You've been in this too long. You've been in Lodabar too long. You've been in Makir House too long you've been depending on people too long it is time for you to be called out of Lodabar it's time for you to be called out of Makir's house it's time for you to be called out of depending on two other people is there anybody in here that say I might be lame but there's still a call on my life I might be lame but there's still somebody calling me and God is saying I'm calling you out of that dark place I'm calling you out of that foolishness you've been in I'm calling you out of that low self 
self-esteem. I'm calling you out of all of that misery. I'm calling you out of it. in the church is that we think call means to do something. I hope you're ready for this. God told me to announce to some of you. He's not calling you to come do something. He's calling you for you to be served. <laughs> you ain't get it. 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 Because the Bible tells me Romans 8 and 30, and those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. You still don't get it. But pastor, I got flaws. I got faults. I got failures. But I got a scripture for you. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. In other words, God don't change his mind when he makes the call. God don't change his mind when he calls you. And I'm here to announce to somebody in here that God is calling you out of the misery you've been living in. I need somebody here with a little bit of faith that ain't too sleepy and ain't too tired to say the hell that I've been living stops now because God just called me out of hell. He just called me out of Lodabar. He just called me out of the foolishness that I was in. God said you're being called out of that place. Alright. Alright. He says not only the mirror of you being called watch this. But here's the next mirror. God says, watch this. Not only are you called, but you're going to be carried. <laughs> I don't want to lose it right here, okay? So I'm forewarning you right now. The reason why I'm yelling and I'm screaming and I'm hollering is because there's joy down in my soul about this word today. Because you might not be want to be called and you might not want to be carried, but there's some of us that know strength is gone and I'm in a season now that I need to be carried somewhere else. You ain't got it yet. See, you want the pity party and you want somebody to feel sorry for you, but God is saying this is the season for you to be carried. You still don't get it. The Bible says in verse number five that David said, go get him and carry him back. Oh God, help me. Because he couldn't come in his own strength, but is there anybody in here that say, I done gave out all my strength to other people and I'm a weak and can't stand on my own but I serve a God that after he called me now I'm getting ready to be carried this is your season not to work so hard this is your season not to put so much into it but God said I'm going to carry you on eagle's wings I'm going to make sure that somebody come get you and bring you to where you need to be you ain't got to force it you ain't got to make it you ain't got to put a hook up out there God said I'm sending somebody to carry you you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Where you been carried from? Where you been carried from? The Bible says that he's been carried from Lodabar. Okay. Now don't mean nothing to you if you don't understand what Lodabar means. That's why you got me as a pastor because I look up stuff and I got to figure out what Lodabar means. Lodabar literally means, here we go, not having. Okay, okay, okay. In other words, Mephibosheth is in the place of not having, being carried to a place of having more than enough. 
all right, all right. Y'all ain't got it yet. Y'all ain't got it yet. Okay, okay, okay. Lodabar also means no pasture. In other words, it's a place that don't grow nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's not a fruitful place. God is saying you have lived in a not fruitful place. A place that didn't have any supply. But I'm getting ready to bring you to a place. Okay. Where you're going to be seated. I'm getting ahead of myself at the king's table. And I will prepare before you. I will prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. God say I'm getting ready to carry you into some places. You thought you would never be able to go. And you ain't got to do the hookup. And you ain't got to manipulate. And you ain't got to lie in order to get it. I'm going to send somebody. I dare you on the count of three. To just holler your name. One, two, three. God is saying I just took your name. To the very people that's going to carry you. Into your destiny. I just took your name. To the very people that's going to bring you. To where you're supposed to be. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to get out this carrot. I'm trying to get out this carrot. Lodabar also means, watch this, watch this. Lodabar means not having, no pasture. But here's the last one. Lodabar also means no communication. Cut off. Okay, okay. Lodabar was a place, was a city, watch this, it's going to bless somebody, a city of forgotten people. God told me to announce to somebody, you thought you were forgotten. You thought you got left behind. You thought nobody would ever call your name again. You thought here you are in Lodabar, a place that's cut off from everybody else. But I came to announce to somebody in Freedom Church that's going to receive this prophetic word over your life. God is saying, I'm bringing you out of the place of no communication. And when you thought you were forgotten, God told me to remind you, you are not forgotten. That I still remember your name. God help me. I remember exactly where you are. I remember exactly where you left at. And God is saying, I'm sending some somebody to the place of where you were forgotten. While other people forgot about you. And while other people disregarded you. Okay, come on, let's re have real talk. When other people stopped talking to you. And when other people didn't pay you no mind. And then think that it's all over for you. God is saying, I'm getting re ready to restore unto you the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm ate up. I'm getting ready to bring restoration into your life because you thought you were forgotten but I came to announce to somebody that you are not forgotten by God. Your name is still on his list and you just came up. God is saying you are not forgotten. I'm bringing you out of that forgotten place. God said I didn't forget your sacrifice and I didn't forget your service and I didn't forget your worship and I didn't forget your dedication and I didn't forget your faithfulness. I remembered it all. And because I remembered it, I'm going to sit you at the king's table. I'm going to put you at a place of more than enough. He's going to carry you. He's going to carry you. He's going to carry you. Because you ain't got the strength to get there on your own. He's going to carry you. Because you ain't got the strength to get there on your own. He's going to carry you. In fact, come on, let's have real talk. You gave up. You gave up, and you thought that it was all over. So you, here we go, settled with the existence you've been living 
But because your mind is so fixated on the fact that where you are is where you're going to always be, I'm going to have to come along and send some people to pick you up and bring you to the place where you're supposed to be. Grab the hand by of your neighbor, shake it real good, and tell him he's getting ready to pick you up and carry you. I know you've been weak. I know you've been failing. I know you ain't have no strength, but God is saying even while you ain't got no strength, your strength is going to be made perfect, even in your weakness. God is saying, I'm getting ready to pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on a solid ground. I'm getting ready to put you right where you're supposed to be. Is there anybody in here? I'm getting ready to close. Is there anybody in here that say I'm getting ready to get to my rightful place I'm getting ready to be to the place that's been designed for me I'm getting ready to bring back into the king's camp I'm getting ready to sit at the king's table I'm getting ready to be served is there anybody in here that say God is getting ready to carry me after you call and after you carry here's the last mirror that you need to see yourself as now that you're called now that you've been carried God says now you're covered okay okay this season of stress that you've been in, God is saying, ain't no stress in this next season. Because I'm bringing you to a place and I'm going to command angels to come attend to you. Okay. I, I'm going to bring you to the table. I'm going to sit you at the table. And the king of kings, I'm sorry, and the king is going to command somebody else to take care of you. God help me. He, he says, watch this. Uh, uh, here's what I need you to do, Zippa. I need you to give him everything. I need you to give him all that belong to his father and his father's father. <laughs> I, I want you to give him everything that is rightfully his. It's been held back all these years. And he thought he could never get it. But I'm here to let you know God is saying I'm getting ready to set you in an open heaven. And I'm about to shower you out with blessings that you won't have room to receive, God. Is there anybody in here that say, I don't have some blessings on delay, but I'm here to announce to anybody that's going to receive this word on today. God told me to tell you, you are under an open heaven and you're getting ready to rain down your blessing. Here we go. And there's some stuff that's been held back from you. God say, I'm getting ready to release it. You're not just going to have a blessing. You're getting ready to have overflow is there anybody in here that says God I'm ready for everything you got for me is there anybody in here that can give God glory and give God praise that know that you're covered okay, okay. he's not the king he should have been the king events changed that he should have been the king Events change that. 
He gets called, carry. Now he's sitting at the king's table. Um, king says, give him everything that belongs to him. And now I need you to make other people work for him. Um, in other words, the stuff he couldn't afford is about to be covered. The supply that he never had is getting ready to be covered. Came to announce to somebody that could receive this, that God is getting ready to cover you in this next season. And the things that you thought couldn't happen for you, God said, I already paid the price for it. <laughs> All you got to do is sit at the table and receive what I got for you. God help me. God is saying, I know you're a mess. Now, the position of him from Lodabar into Jerusalem never changed his lameness. In other words, some of us think that my lameness has to cease in order for the blessing to come. God help me. But God is saying, this thorn in your side ain't going nowhere. And I know you done prayed to me so many times for me to remove it. I know you prayed for your feet to work again. I know you prayed for the accident that happened to go back in time for it to never happen. But God is trying to prove to somebody in here that I can bless you lame. That I can do more for you broken than you being whole. God help me. And what you waiting on to live the life that I've called you to live, trying to make sure that your life is perfect in order for you to qualify for what I got for you. God is saying it ain't about you being qualified. It's that my name is stamped on you. It's that I got a covenant with you. It's that I made a promise to you. And I'm a man that I shall not lie. Neither the son of man that I shall not repent. If I spoke it over your life, it's got to happen. What I came to tell you this morning, I came to tell you that every promise that God has spoken over to your life is yes and amen. That he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. So pick your head up and pick your countenance up and get that attitude up and get that depression off you. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I need somebody in here to give God a little bit of praise because God is going to bless you in spite of your lameness, in spite of your issues, in spite of your problems, in spite of your habits. I need somebody in here to give God an inspired of praise. Come on, give him a praise that he's going to bless you in spite of. Everybody standing to your feet. I'm done. Here's the hardest thing as a pastor. To preach to people that only see themselves one way. That have already put themselves in a box. And can't believe that their definition can be outside that box. 
You know why I'm preaching Flossie? Because I'm tired of Keaton's kids acting like Popeye. I'm tired of Keaton's kids acting like you less than. Some of you walk around with your head hung down. Some of you walk around with this proverbial feeling of, I'm not good enough. Guess what? You're not. But Jesus makes the difference. And if I'm secure in the fact that I got Jesus, then I'm all right. I ain't got to worry. God working on the issue part of me. But I don't deny what he has for me. So God is saying, stop all this. Feeling sorry for yourself. Stop it. Stop it. Let me tell you something. I've never seen a generation that want to help so many people, but never want to help themselves. I've never seen a generation of people that want to try to be there for everybody else, but then you go home and you never feel good about yourself. God's saying, turn that thing around. Look in the mirror and know you flawed, but you still blessed. You crazy as you can be, but God still love you. Stop walking around always defeated. Stop walking around with your head hung down. Have your moment. Come back and say, I'm still a child of God. God is saying, when you ain't got the strength and you lame, I'm going to call you. I'm going to carry you, and I'm going to cover you. So whoever received this word on today, I need to do this, and I'm going to move out your way. I was praying, and the Lord said, do an altar call for whoever has not felt that you're worthy. You don't feel worthy. Why you settle for less than? Because you don't feel worthy. Why you lower standards all the time? Because you don't feel worthy. God is saying, you can't leave here until God reassures you all over again that I don't call the qualified, I qualify the called. This defeatism has to stop. It has to stop. This defeatism has to stop. Because when you have a defeated spirit about you, God can bless and you still don't see the blessing. Because you see nothing but defeat. God says, see yourself in a new way. If I'm talking to you, I need you to meet me on this altar right now. I need to pray with you. I'm talking to you. I need you to meet me on this altar. Don't wait for somebody else. Y'all stop that. Stop looking at it, what other people do. Either you want it or you don't.